Western writer Wallace Stegner once said, As the remnants of the unspoiled and natural world are progressively eroded, every such loss is a little death in me, in us. The American West is a landscape etched by its diminishing elements. At times, loss brings rebirth. At times, it brings ruin. This story takes us to three different landscapes. The Ponderosa Forest of the Pacific Northwest, a bare sandstone spine rising from Utah Red Rock, and a briny oasis puddled amid thermal energy plants in the California desert. Let's start in the Metau Valley of northern Washington state. The rolling hills and distant North Cascades are home to several small, tightly knit communities of ranchers, farmers, and loggers who have lived in the area for several generations. Historically, fire is not new to this place, but in recent years, the Metau has endured intensifying fire seasons. Wildlife biologist Kent Woodruff stands at the base of a hillside speckled with blackened ponderosa pines. This dragon was running up this hill and getting ahead of itself. Suddenly was just this big bomb that was going off in bigger and bigger and bigger ways. He's describing the Carlton Complex fire that swept through the Okanagan Wenatchee National Forest in 2014, burning more than 250,000 acres, destroying homes, habitat for endangered species, and triggering landslides. All of us had friends. I had co-workers that were burned out of their houses. For people, wildfire is often a harbinger of indiscriminate loss. However, in the ecological world, fire is no great equalizer. It obliterates one species' habitat while creating opportunity in the ashes. Down the hill just a little bit, there's sagebrush sprinkled in there. If a big fire eliminates the trees, then the sagebrush is gonna say, <laughs> finally, I'm winning. These burned areas, which Kent calls black toothpick forests, represent a natural metamorphosis in which one habitat replaces another. The original state of being is lost, but in its wake, there's a chance for ecological succession and eventual regeneration. It's not, it's not apocalyptic. It's change that's going to take place. Sometimes, places are lost to the invisible transfer of ownership. Cone Ridge, a state-owned parcel of land outside of Bluff, Utah, is on the auction block. The comb, as locals know it, rises sharply from the surrounding desert like white sandstone teeth. Moonlight spills over the ridge as local writer Ann Walker shares her thoughts. Amazing as it seems when you look at these landscapes that someone could own this part of it. It's a place that's beloved by the locals because what a wonderful place to come and hike. Or Ellen used to call this her Stairmaster. Because <laughs> you can just come and run up there and get all the exercise you want. The section of land that provides access to Comb Ridge is part of a Utah-wide statute in which public land can be auctioned off to private buyers to fund education. For Bluff locals, the sale signifies a heartbreaking trend in which sacred places are torn from the hands of the public. It's a plot. It's a parcel. Let's look at it that way. It's a parcel that is owned by the state and he will sell to support education. On October 19, 2016, the parcel was sold to a private buyer, Lyman Family Farms, LLC. Locked away behind a no trespassing sign, the comb is now inaccessible to the people of Bluff. It is inaccessible to me and it is inaccessible to you. 
In the California desert, the Salton Sea, the water-filled basin is slowly wasting away. With no regular source of additional fresh water, the sea is evaporating into an increasingly toxic puddle. It's early November and Chris Shoneman, a ranger at the Sunny Bono Wildlife Refuge, stands atop a rocky outcropping. The water behind him is glassy, like polished silver, and dark as tea. This refuge has uh, documented the greatest number of birds out of any of the refuges across the entire system. We've documented 424 bird species. Uh, they come down the central valley of California and they kind of funnel in here. They're, we're surrounded by desert to the east, desert to the south. They uh, apparently know they have to fuel up and water up before they start going across that desert to the, to the south. The Salton Sea's very existence is due to an early 20th century failure of engineering. A mistake in which levees on the Colorado River broke, releasing a sudden outpouring of water. It's been tremendously productive uh, during the last hundred years, while the rest of California has lost 91% of its wetlands. So we're at this point here where people are questioning the value of the Salton Sea and whether or not public funds should be invested in preserving it while the migratory birds coming to California are wondering, where the hell do I stop now? Restoration plans are fairly straightforward. Artificially adding fresh water will dilute the high concentrations of salt, selenium, and hydrogen sulfide that have accumulated. Yet without public motivation, the Salton Sea will continue to waste away, and with it, some of the last remaining habitat for migratory birds. We are at a historical junction in which the political party leading our nation poses a threat to public land access, wildlife habitat, and the urgency with which we approach climate change mitigation. As Nez Perce elder Alan Pinkham said, the body and the land are one. When we lose a part of the land, we lose a piece of our body. A forest burned is a finger lost. A sea evaporated, a hand removed. We cannot live disembodied, nor can we live on a land that is ruined, fenced off, or sterilized of life. So now we must ask ourselves, how much loss can we endure? Who do we become when the loss is too much? From National Public Lands Radio, this is Maya Arikio.